makes a price. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Welcome to the Truth to Power podcast. I am Curious G. In this episode, we get into money. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this particular episode. This brings us to the end of the first album, Headspace. These songs take on some big topics. Uh, I've always kind of thought about this album a little bit like the topics that they took on on Dark Side of the Moon. Money. Time. Things like that on that album. Well, with mine, it's banks, right? Because time is money. (laughs) But here we go with the end of the first album and the end of our series on value. Hope you enjoy the show. Money. Money makes a price, man. Yeah, the market don't know more. <laughs> oh, by the way, I press record. Oh, well, that's uh, the fucking fact right there. That shit, <laughs> oh, look at that. That's the real me right there, Mo. What's up, your boy? Ace Cannon. I'm back in the building. I got my man. Curious G. Here we here, oh. y'all. We back. You know, I was I was a little down until you said Ace Cannon. Then all of a sudden, my mood came up, dude. I was... I was a little down today. It, you know, I was just a little down. Just, but and, all of a sudden, you said Ace Cannon, dude. It just fucking got me happy. Ooh. I'm like, that is my motherfucking Ace. I'm here, y'all. I'm here. So we're going to talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. Mm. Money. It's probably near and dear to a lot of people's heart. I want to hear what you got on this topic. I want you to kind of take the lead on this motherfucker. In fact, you're going to be taking the lead not just this week. Next week, because you know what's coming up next week. We're talking mm. about being this motherfucker. Motherfucker. Yeah, uh, but we're not going to get there just uh, yet. We'll, yeah. Well, well, needless to say, I am that motherfucker. So so, so you're going to take the lead today. Break, I, break down some money stuff for me. I can do my best. Well, money, currency, guap, cheddar, dinero, however you want to talk about it. It is the thing that does make this world go around. Mm. Technically, it's gravity, but or I don't actually even know if it is, but I'll try to sound smart. <laughs> I don't think but, gravity makes the world go yeah, around, well, but maybe anyways, it does. Maybe I don't does. know. I don't know either. We don't know shit. We ain't a scientist. I ain't no scientist. I ain't got a PhD. Maybe in bullshit. Yeah, who knows? But money is just an interesting thing because it is. It's what we need to survive mm. now. You know, uh, I think it's some type of money has always been around, whether it be some kind of currency of some sort that is a trading good or whatever it is. There's the concept of money behind it or a value, but what is really the value of money, you know, mm-hmm. as, as we get into more of a digital age. Um, yeah, it's just interesting because you have to have it to survive. And if you don't have it, you struggle. And it's just kind of funny because the more you have, the easier that is, they say more money, more problems though. That is a fact. That's all I got. I'll see you guys later. Have a good week. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I guess what? What do you want to? Where do you want to go with this? All it, right. I mean, so I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you my two cents. Um, I don't know. Maybe I have a different look at at the whole thing than a lot of people. I break down things to to what they are as a symbol, right? And for me, the the image of money has a very specific meaning. 
right? Like everybody has different dollar bills and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, the image of money, what it actually represents at its core, right? It's a representation of power. You own this and the amount of money that you have is a representation of the power that you control. I own this. The money I have is a representation of the power or ownership of the things that I own. It's a representation of ownership, right? So. Mm. In a sense, yeah. Well, it, it kind of is. Um, your, your house has a value. Your car has a value. Everything has a value, right? Um, so basically, when you're taking an image like this, that, I mean, when people first came up with this thing, they wanted to have something to represent how many fucking chickens they had where they'd have to carry around all those fucking chickens, right? <laughs> you can't walk around with a wallet full of chickens, but you could have this little thing that represents, oh, this motherfucker owns 10 chickens and he's got eggs. So you've got this, this symbol, right? This thing that, that shows what you own. Now, what that is in essence is a symbol of division because it cuts up and divides what exists, the things that are, right? Um, and I think that it, at its very core is why people are so divided. Mm. Amongst other things, but yeah, definitely at, at the core value, it holds a good percentage of that. For sure. Well, you, you think about this country. All right. There was a time I think that people were a little bit more dependent on one another. You go back to the time where, where there was farms and things like that, right? Um, people needed big families to run those farms. So a lot of people had a lot of kids, right? You need a lot of people. And you made this thing over on your farm and I made this thing and we would kind of trade back and forth. And, you know, I'd give you a little of this, you'd give me a little of that. But you know, when the industrial revolution happened and we got away from the farms, all of a sudden you didn't need to know your neighbor anymore. True. Right. Because <laughs> people could control more of their money and have access to things that they, you know, needed other people for before. You know, yeah. Um, I, I think that it has been one of the things that has made us so divided. And if you look at, uh, we, we brought this up at one point, uh, women's liberation, right? Um, when all of a sudden women started going to work, all of a sudden there was more money in the household. Now you can't, for most part, you can't have just one income in the family anymore. You know, the economy has adjusted, you know. Um, think about what's happened to divorce since that time period. You know, think about what's happened to uh, kids. There's been more problems with kids than, than ever before because nobody's at home running the business kind of a thing. True that. That you makes know, sense. And I think a lot of this goes back to money. I think it is it is actually the thing that, that a lot of times divides us. Yeah. It's also giving Americas in particular, particularly, you know, as globaliz globalization has happened, though, it also has given us more things that we never had. Um. You know, everyone has a cell phone now, regardless, mm -hmm. you know, technology, communication there, there, you're, it's definitely a division, but it's also brought us together in a sense, because people are, you know, the internet, the fact that we have that, the fact that we're able to talk to each other, the fact that we're able to get goods from cheaper values for this. I mean, granted, people are making those cheaper values and cheaper products or however you want to say it. So there's, there's, there's time. I mean, it definitely has divided us, but having the ability to get particular things has also brought us together in a sense. 
So here's here's what happens, and and you you talk about the things that people can get, right? Like a brand new TV will come out; it'll be the fucking top of the line, latest thing, right? It's something that a lot of people can't afford when it first breaks, right? The new thing, mm-hmm. right? We all want that motherfucker, but we all can't get it. Scarcity, right? That value is so inflated a lot of the times, but there's a certain amount of people that go out and buy that thing. Right now, when that market dries up and it's failing to move around, around the wealthiest people, right, it, it lowers price and maybe the upper middle class gets it. And then when that market dries up, another thing comes out and then another thing comes out and another thing, you know what I mean? It keeps dropping down until eventually that TV's at Walmart for fucking hundred bucks. You know what I mean? Um, and then the next thing comes out and this is the way we trickle out our technology because we want to make sure that the market is taken care of first, you know, and we don't put out the very best things that we have. You know what I mean? Is this making sense or am I kind of losing you? No, it makes sense. So like there's, to me, there is a stranglehold on a lot of people in this country with money. Like if you think about the, the overinflated values of things, Right. Cars. Right. Think about how much cars are these days. They're expensive. Fuck are they expensive? They're a small house. Some of them are nice houses. Mm. Depends where you are. Am I, am I going in the wrong direction with this or am I, no, am it's I just, fucked up? It's just, it's the theme of what we do. You know, I mean, like, there's, it's just what it, I mean, division is what we've talked about the whole time. That's what it is. It's the way to maintain power. It's the way to maintain control. So you're, you're right in that regard. It definitely is. But there's also, you know, like the market always corrects itself, but there's always, like we say, that's what we are. We're consumers. We mm. Consumerism. You know, there's no real difference between the iPhone 10 and the iPhone 14, but they'll keep making it. There's no real difference between the 2021 and the 2023 car. Not, I mean, but the same way it's, you know, Cameras in a car were crazy 10 years ago. Now they're commonplace. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you, so you're definitely right. But I think it has to just do with technology and the, the prevalence of it and just how it's there. Because if you don't, you don't know. I mean, you don't, <clears throat> I really believe in, in access. And well, I want to believe in access and hopefully it's there. And I think that eventually when there's a way to, you know, get it, the, the market will adjust because of like oligopolies and, you know, the cell phone, like, I think that's a really good example because you can mm-hmm. have a f- four lines for a hundred dollars now to where I remember when my bill, when I first was younger, like when, just when I was younger, it was like 200 bucks, you know, and it's just, it, it adjusts so people, everyone can have it. So then they can still make a profit. So what's next? So it always is what's next, what's going to be the next thing. So you say, you know, next thing is like virtual reality. You know, it's not every day, but it's coming. You know, it's just going to be every day and it'll come eventually. So everything comes to the masses, but it's, it's like every, it's like since frugal times or yeah, frugal time. It's just the same thing that just kind of, it just happens. It's unfortunately, that's just how humans are. Like if you, it was, let's just say for instance, the reason that was the Romans grew their empires because they had a strong army. And a strong army, once you have something going, you can just start taking and you can take the people, take the resources, take whatever you want. And, you know, back 
back in the day. That's why they were able to do what they do. Slaves, everything. Like eventually, bro, everyone will have a robot. You know, it sounds crazy now, but like we'll all have. Was it, what was the George Jetsons? What was his? Dude, I'm, I'm I can't wait for the robots. I'm I'm excited for you him. Can't, I, I have bring you seen him on, a robot? Dude. Are you sure? I no, you know I I think it might be all right. I'm I'm just ready for some change. That's what I want. I yeah, want some well, change. See, and you're you're so much more optimistic about like things where I'm just like, bro, we done. <laughs> like we done. It's mm. just we're we're like there's no there's no turning back. Unless, like, it's almost be great if something this sounds so horrible, and I'm so sorry, and please don't get scared. We need some natural disasters to bring us together, man. Like, we need a re a reset, a re like, cause like if unless something really bad happens, nothing's gonna change, and we're just gonna go. The divide is just gonna become deeper and deeper and deeper. Though I was watching something last night about the top twenty richest people from 1980 to today. Mm. And even the dollar amount was crazy because when Bill Gates, like that's, he was like the one, bro, 60 billion was a big number to at one time. I mean, oh, dude, we can't, we don't even understand billions, but it's a, it, but now, bro, we talking about someone like Elon Musk that had $200 billion. Like that divide and just, you know, I know that money changes with inflation and all of those aspects, but it's just insane to think about like how visual the divide is when you hear people, you know, making more money during a shutdown in a country. It's, it's, man, it just makes me like, I want, I just want a lot of money because it's the only power. The Well, that, and it's just, see, I, I think, I, th I think of power just as trying to control people. I think I want a lot of money so I, so I can have freedom. Power. But, and it power. is, but it's just, it's, no matter how you want to look at it, you're going to be able to say that. Like, you know, it's mm -hmm. power, it's power. It's like, there has to be a point to where, you know, where I just want to be like as free as I can be. And I guess that's personal power. So, I mean, no matter what, your your definition of power is always going to be writing. It's going to be right. Like, no matter what, it's just going to be because it could either be self, self-power, or it could be power from a mass to try to control something. So it will work. Dude, if you yeah. got $300 in your pocket, you have the power to go out and eat in any restaurant in town. If you got no money so in, you, your, you, in your pocket, you have no power what's, to what's, go out and eat. <laughs> I, I, I don't like that word power, though. I think you have the ability to do things. Mm. That's that's Because power just to me is, it just holds us, like it sounds so controlling. And I know you control your own life, but mm. no, you have the ability to do things. You can do these things. Some people that don't want to work and don't have money, I almost want to say, shut the fuck up. That's on you, bro. You could go get a job. You could go do some things for yourself. You could make a little more money. You could maybe not watch as much TV. So it's a lot of self-choices. You could read more books. You could try to learn these things. You could go to Harvard online. I don't, I don't know if people can. Yes, they can. I don't know if people yes, can, they can watch yes. less TV. Dude, yes, I think see, that's yes, insane. That's like telling people that they, they can't lose weight. Mm -hmm. Yes, you could, dog. Yes, you could. Work out a little bit. Like, oh, I'm getting yeah. off topic, but I just, I don't like that people, because power means that people don't have the ability to do certain things and other people do. I don't believe that. I believe mm. that everyone could. If you want to, bro, your algorithm's real. You, if you want to know who somebody is, look at their algorithm and what the videos that come up on their phone is. Oh yeah, dude, look 100%, at my shit. 100%. Look at my shit, you'll see some stuff. You might, but I'm saying, <laughs> that's you, that's you. They're not just going to randomly put some stuff on teddy bears. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm not that. I got steak. I got soccer. I got women. 
You know, mm. I got aliens. You're simple, dude. dude. Bro, hell yeah, I'm simple, bro. I'm but simple I'm, too, man. But I'm simple, but but I'm but I'm complex in my own right because that's what I feel like. I that's what makes me who I am. And anyone who wanted to do those things, they have the ability to do it. There's internet anywhere. You can go sit in a Starbucks and get a water, bro. If you really wanted to go, you have a phone. And we just said, like, you have a phone. If not, the government will give you a cheap ass phone. You could figure out ways to do what you want to do to better yourself and get that power, as you're saying, as I say, you know, the ability to do things. But I don't I don't think it's as I think I think that the government wouldn't be against people making money because then you become part of the crew. And they don't mind adding people into the crew if you can benefit it. You know? did, did you know that 90% of the people that win lottery are broke in five oh, yeah. years? But they, cause they don't know how to manage their money. Well, I, I think that that's true that they don't know how to manage their and money. Like but you, I, I think the bigger thing is that you mentioned it earlier. We're consumers. Yeah. Well, you go nuts. We're consumers. You never had this before. This is the way I see things, right? We go to work all day and a lot of us have jobs that we don't feel like we're really bringing something into the world where we're really contributing. Like we're, we step back and we're really proud of what we did. You know what I'm saying? Like the, I, the guy that works at Subway, the sandwich, sandwich artist, do you think he goes home and feels like, oh, I'm really did something today in the world? I mean, or, we'll say, there's, say the there's probably a couple, worker. there's probably a couple, you know, I, you know, I, don't, probably I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, it's absolute. So yes, there are, there's exceptions to roles every single time, but for the most part, Yes, I'm pretty sure they're not happy making a sandwich for eight hours a day. Dude, when I've done a mirror wall, I've stood back and looked at it and went, I did that shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I did that. There's some skill involved with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not knocking down people with with jobs because I've done some shitty jobs no, we've all, and, and we've all, all that kind we've of stuff. We've all done it, yeah. But, but I think that a lot of people don't walk away from their job really having a sense of uh, accomplishment. accomplishment, right? You ask somebody to tell you about themselves. Almost immediately, they tell you what they're doing for work, right? In other words, this is how I earn my money. It's your status symbol. Right? It's, a status, it's, it's a, a status symbol. We size motherfuckers mm -hmm. up real 100%. quick. 100%. Right? So, you know, but we spend a lot of days, a lot of time working. And when we go home, how do we relax? How do we blow off steam? A lot of times it's watching television, right? And that is also consumption, Mm -hmm. Right. That is not making something or bringing something into the world that didn't exist before. Yeah. That's consuming. Why? Because we, we want to relax. We've worked hard. Right. Yeah. But like we have such a consumption kind of thinking. Right. And a lot of the things that we consume leave us just as empty as our jobs. And then you got to go right back to work because you got to get more money because guess what? You're in consumption mode. Yeah. You got to keep this thing going. I, and it, I got you. It leaves you with this empty feeling. I, you know why I guess I feel so adamant about this is because I finally said, fuck this. Ooh. I'm going to go get mine. Ooh. That's what I finally, I mean, I had, I don't know what moment it was. You got your back up and your balls out. Dude, I became a man. Yes, you did. That's what it was. I was like, nah, man, I ain't going to do this shit no more. I'm tired of fucking struggling. Mm. So I stopped, reevaluated my life, started reading more, started learning more. Started realizing, got the negatives out of my life, got the negative people out of my life. And guess that was like, that was my, that was like what I could do. I consume what I want now that's going to benefit my life rather than consuming things that are just going to maintain my life. Because, and that's why, that's why I feel so, I get so almost like, it sounds like I'm angry because I don't, I, I, I can't stand lazy people because that's on you. Like that's, that's you. You decided mm -hmm. to do those things. That's like when people say, oh, I'm so tired to exercise. Bro, 
walk around the block and listen to watch videos around the block, but at least do two things at once. Sit in your room and just keep doing sit ups. Do a couple <laughs> push ups, bro. You could do shit. Like it's just we, we we're not at the point to where books are banned. And only smart people can read them. Mm. We're not at that point. It's looking like that. It's, it's starting, coming close. It's coming close. But right now, you can learn. It, but I'm saying we are actually, I feel like one of, one of the best times for education. Like, mm. I think so. Because if you, you we're mm. starting to realize that college is a fraud. You don't need it to be successful. It definitely helps. But again, it's just showing you the classic nine to five. You can show up on time. You can be the robot. You can be that person. You can do everything. Now let's go ahead and do it again and go ahead and work for somebody else and blah, blah, blah. Bro, this is America. Hate us, love us, whatever you want to believe worldwide. Bro, you really can make something out of yourself here if you work hard enough and you're willing to dedicate yourself to certain things. So this is that whole thing. You want to go get money? You can. You can figure out a hustle here to get money. Flip mm. shoes, bro. I, I told one of my, I won't even say who, I told someone recently how to flip shoes. They were baffled. And I was like, yeah, bro, you can do this shit. It's the easiest thing to do. You sell 10 shoes, 100 bucks difference. I go, bro, you just made $1,000. Do that over and over and over and over again and fuck these people who have all the money. Go do all the hard work for them. And then guess what? One day you'll have the money to not have to do the hard work anymore. But that's America, man. The backbone. So, and what you're saying is like, <laughs> see, that, that to me is, is capitalism in its essence. We all have this, this responsibility to go get our own, right? Um, yeah, our, our, our own financial power. You yeah. know, I know you don't like that, that phrase, but, um, but see, this is part of the reason why we're so divided. You know what I mean? Is because we've lost sight that we need each other. We've lost sight. Well, if, if we're economically okay, we can cut the motherfuckers out around us, right? We're okay. But but are we? Are we? Does I it mean, look like it's okay out there? Don't look like it's okay out there mm, to me. No. I sleep in a comfortable bed. Mm, I do too. That's what it is though. And it's like, yo, you got to readjust to the game, man. Like, when okay, the one thing that I like about, all right, so- I've always said this, I want it all so I can give it to the people who need it the most. And that's why I work so hard because I eventually want to be in a position to be able to help people out. But it's just like the classic, you know, help yourself before on the airplane shit. When that, what is it called? The thing that comes the, down the, 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 uh, the air, oxygen mask. Oxygen mask. You yeah. got to help yourself first before you can help someone else. And it's the same thing. I believe with love. I believe with friendships. I believe with anything to be the best version of yourself. And one of my favorite sayings, Shit's on my Facebook, actually. It's like, be the best version of you for you, and the rest will fall into place. And I truly believe that. Because if everyone thought about that, being the best version of themselves, they'll be able to help each other out. Like, people, controversy is Jordan Peterson, right? And he says something. He goes, how are you going to take care of someone else when you can't even keep your bedroom clean? Mm. You know? How, mm-hmm. how are you going to do that? Because you can't even keep this clean. How are you going to give someone else advice about cleaning their bedroom? It's like, you don't even do it, bro. So take some self-responsibility. I'm a big responsible guy. And, you know, you know my past and everything. We know each other's past. So we we both had to take responsibility for our actions in the past, mm-hmm. our, what we've done, every negative. We were just talking about the episode yesterday, last night. It was like, we had to finally just be like, yo, I fucked up. You know, granted <laughs> some situations were unfortunate, but I mean, bro, we fucked up a few times in our life. 
And now we just have to be like, yeah, I did that. I admit it. But I'm gonna put myself in a position that I don't have to do that again. Hmm. You know, so it's learning and not repeating the same mistake and not playing the victim because no one owes you shit. You don't deserve nothing. You earn everything you get, good and bad. Granted, people have bad circumstances. You didn't earn that, but it's just what you started with. But that was where you have to finish. So we talked about the minimum wage at one point in time, yeah. right? The federal minimum wage and, and how that, in my mind, is the value of our diploma, right? Because you get out of high school, oh, yeah. you have no work history, right? You've been educated to be able to work. You start off at a minimum wage. Very low wage, yep. Right? How many people are being um, graduating and entering right into poverty? Oh, uh, millions. 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 And maybe millions. tens of millions. Maybe maybe even, I wouldn't doubt it right now if there's 50 million people that go right into it almost every year cycle. Oh, I think it's way higher than that. So- so I gave you a, a figure of one out of four kids, one of those kids drops out of high school, right? Of four kids, one drops out. Two will go on to higher education. Two of those four. So I think 50 million is right. Hold on a second now. Slow pump your brakes. Oh, so no. one of those, one of those four graduated, but never went on to higher education. You know, they maybe they went in the military or got a job at Subway. But of those two people that went to college, one of those 50% will never finish. 50% will never finish because 80% of people that go to college and take a placement test aren't even at the level of, of education that you need to graduate high school. They have to take remedial classes to bring them up to the level that they needed to be, right? So yeah. a lot of people are going to college unprepared for what they're doing <laughs> by, of, by our high schools. A lot of people are graduating college unprepared right? as well. So, so, 50, so only one in four is, is actually going to graduate from, from college. But a lot of those people graduate from college and they're immediately in debt, yeah. Immediately. In Most, debt. Of them. Most of them. Most of them. Now, let's just say for the sake of argument that I'm a journalist. I just graduated from college. I go to get a job. Right. And I've got to pay my my student loans. Yeah. Right. How much am I going to push for truth as a journalist or am I going to tell whatever story I'm told? Oh, you to gonna keep tell my whatever you got story you told. Bro. Damn right. You know, it's it, money. Money affects everything. Absolutely. About our American lives. Right. About the world, bro. About. Yeah. About about the world. The world right. For sure. And and I would look out and outside and say, are we really treating ourselves well? Because I don't think we are. I don't think no, we are. No. I, no. Nah, but I. I mean, we're just we're going to go in circles with this because I just say but that's on that person, bro. It like, is, but do you not realize it affects you? It does it. It does. How? It does. Here's How? the thing: so many people, right, are working so many hours just to make it. Yeah. Right. They're not paying attention to politics, government. Mm -hmm. This is a we the people form of government, and when we are not working together in this country, right, we can go in any kind of direction that we're being led. Well, we're going wherever the dollar wants to take us. Right. That's where we're going. So some of those ideas that I put out came from the Frankfurt School of Thought. Mm -hmm. these, were, these were philosophers that came out of Nazi Germany, right? They were Jewish philosophers, right? Mm -hmm. And they were in Germany as they watched 
Hitler take power, right? Um, and it happened through propaganda. So here they come to the United States, like right after all that, coming out of that. And, and they looked at our country and they wanted to see if we were heading down some of the same roads that Germany found themselves heading down. And this is one of the things that they said. They said that um, the entertainment industry in, in this country is something that we are consuming constantly, but we never do anything with the information that we get. Like we watch news, right? But we never do anything. Right. And I think most people feel like I'm too busy. I can't be involved. I can't do this. I can't do that. You know, and if you don't think that that has an effect, look at our schools. And if you had kids, your kid would have to go to school with those other kids. And guess what? It would have an effect. I get what you're saying, man. I mean, it makes sense. It's just, I mean, what do you want to do? You know, you got to teach your kids. You got to be the parents that you want them to be. You got to do what you have to do at home, not blame teachers. You know, they get paid like shit. That's why they don't care. So it is. Mm-hmm. It's all, it's, bro, when you got to, when you have education, like you're saying, it is a problem. It absolutely is a problem. But, you know, I grew up with a very poor, in a very poor neighborhood, in a very poor city. And my mom had me at a very young age. We were definitely, and my mom was so proud. She wouldn't take like welfare. She was so proud. She worked her ass off. And I saw that. So in turn, I worked my ass off. Cause I go, I can't just let her be the only one. You know, my pops left, you know, my grandma told me I'm the man of the house at a young age, Mm. took care of my brother. You know, I had to, I was always home. We never had babysitters. We didn't have money for it. No, you're turnkey, huh? Yeah. I was, hell yeah. yeah. yeah, I had to be, you know, hid the key under the, the wooden blocks, bro. That's what we did every day. But I just like, I didn't have a choice because in my head, like I wasn't going to disappoint my mother, you know? And I don't know if that's why, and it was like, I, I don't realize how lucky I am sometimes until we really start having this conversation. Like it was normal for me to go home, do my homework, you know, make sure to read an extra book, make sure to do these things because it was what was ingrained in me. Mm. You know, it's like no coincidence why I read a book a week still, you know, and I don't, and I really believe it's like, I, I, and she was one of those people. And I know a lot of people always, you hear this sometimes like, My mom told me like you, she never told me you can be whatever you want to be. I guess she did, but she says you can get out of here and do whatever you want to do if you work hard enough and study hard enough. And luckily I was good at soccer, but again, I put in the work. I wasn't just magically, (laughs) I didn't magically just go good. I had to put in the work, you know, same thing. If you want to learn something, you can, there's public libraries, bro. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. What don't you know? You know, I, I, I think that sometimes, I think sometimes we have been shaped by the education system that exists. So if you take, if you take a look at cell phones, right. And how advanced a cell phone is and compare it to when they invented the, the telephone. If you look at cars and how much they have changed or planes, yeah, right. They've changed quite a bit. If you look at the school system, the school system really hasn't changed very much since the 1800s when they came up with the public school system, right? We still go into classrooms and we still sit in rows the way that it was first designed. And they based all that off of factories because Mm -hmm. that's what was going on at the time in the industrial revolution, 
You know what I mean? Um, but when schools started, they had two objectives, the public school system, right? People were flooding into the cities, coming off the farms because now we have steam engines, right? That could do the work of 10 men. So we wanted to be able to educate people to a point of being able to work. That was the first objective. The second objective that they had was not to um, challenge authority, which is why we have to follow so many directions. Put your name up in the left corner of the thing and put the date here. And it was more important that you jump through those hoops yeah. than necessarily he had the right that answer. Right. I remember a professor saying to me once, okay. I was like, shut up, who gives a fuck, bro? So the people <laughs> that came up with the public school system here in America were some of the wealthiest business people yeah. in the country. They yeah. met up in New York, I think it was, and they came up with a plan for this stuff. Now, if you, if you challenge the authority that was within the school system, you went to something called reformatory school, which was a mixture of our education system and the judicial system to get you to fall in line, right? You even look at the grading systems that we have. A, grade A, you know where that came from? From fucking cattle. I was like, beef. Cattle. That's the way they saw us, I Mm -hmm. think. You know what I mean? So you've got this education system that hasn't really evolved very much in the last 150 years where everything else, phones, you know, television, I mean, all these things have changed, but classrooms are pretty much being taught the same way in a lot of ways, you know? And now since, since my daughter was going to school, right? If you're a failing school, you get, you get your funds pulled away, right? So what does that do? What is the effect that that has on the grades? They're going deeper. They give them the grades. Oh, well, yeah. Well, that's that's what they do. That's they no, give them no the grades. No child left behind. No, my, my daughter was a straight A student, right? She ran away when she was 15, right? She went from straight A's, two months later, all F's in two months, right? She, her mom gave her a tablet and she was tying into the Wi-Fi and I had no idea. She's talking to boys all night long at 15 years old. Why is her grades bad all of a sudden? You know what I mean? And then she ends up running away to go meet this boy, right? So she didn't do any work from December, right? Until the end of the year, like no work. When she came back, uh, when she came back, like I had full custody of her, but she didn't want to come home. She wanted to go live with grandma. And, <laughs> and, and the cop said to me, he says, look, we could make her come back home because this is where she lives. But the thing is, he says, I've seen a, this happen a lot of times where the kids have ran away again. You know, they just want to yeah, get away. And pretty sure. soon when she's 16, you're not going to, I'm not going to be able to take her back home if she doesn't want to come home. He said, so I would let her go to grandma's. So I did. At least she'll be safe, right, was my thinking. But she didn't do any more work. She was done with school. She wanted to drop out, right? You know what they did in um, uh, the school district that she came out of? They gave her all of her grades. They gave them to her because they didn't want that ding on their record. They just gave it to her. So they just gave her what? C's across the board? Yep, C's, C's across the board. board. Didn't do a goddamn, didn't turn one paper in. Not yeah. one. Not one. Not one. Snoqualmie School District. Thank you very much. They didn't want the ding on their record. Now, how many kids get pushed through like that because the school doesn't want to lose funding? They practice protectionism. They protect their job and not the minds of our children, right? True that. Okay. So my wife at the time had worked for the school board 
And one of the things that I thought was really interesting is she told me if concerned parents come in and they sit down to talk with the with the people that are representatives of the school, they always make sure that they outnumber the parents. You know why? But you said the people that want to talk about... Yeah, let's say I'm a parent say, and I wanted say, to go in. Can you in. say that one more time? Okay. The, the, the parents that came in as concerned parents, mm-hmm. if they wanted to meet with the school, they always made sure that they outnumbered them. The parents outnumbered the... That the school representatives outnumbered the parent. Oh, yeah. Well, it's the easiest way to silence somebody. Exactly. Yeah. There is procedures put into place. Mm-hmm. Order. Yeah. Order, to, your to, two minutes is up, ma'am. To keep us. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's a twisted thing, mm-hmm. but these are our children, man. Yeah. Is this big, is this making a better America? Nah. Well, see, this is, it's, and I, I thought about this, like I thought about this and it's it just, while we were talking, it's like, it's such a disservice to the future of a country. Like, there's no coincidence why STEM is like not as good as other countries, mm. you know, there's no, there's no coincidence. Like you're saying it, you're, it's a good example of what happens. Wow. You kids can learn if you teach them, but if you teach them, that's when you start becoming educated. And then that's when you can start making true changes when you know you actually can. So you're right. That's why I really like the book, a brave new world. Mm-hmm. Like I really like that. All this Huxley knock that shit out the park, bro. Because it's just like, especially because they take a little pill in the book. And I just think about pharmaceuticals now, but like the truth is out there. Like, you know, he was an interesting dude. Oh, I just do it. Perceptions of, or perceptions of reality. It's such a great book. Doors of perception. Doors of perception. Sorry. Yeah. Perception of reality. Yes, if the doors, doors of perception, of perception were yeah, cleansed, sorry, sorry. man would see <laughs> things <laughs> as they truly are infinite. Dude. Yes. I, I got that dude. Dude, that was, it's one. Yeah. Sorry. I don't even know why I said, what did I say? Perception? I don't even know. You're right. Hunter, doors of perception. Bro, when I was reading that book for the first time, I had this thought and I just, just made it come into my head, but I go, I wonder if the more intelligent you are, like the crazier, your, the crazier your visuals would be if you're on something. And I've always wondered this, or would it be like the more perceptive you are, the crazier your visions would be? And mm. I've never known. I've always. I don't think people realize you're talking about the book that was yes. about LSD. Oh, yes. Ke- it was a, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's an important tidbit sorry, sorry, of information. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Me assuming things. Yeah. What did he, he, was it ketamine? No, he took. It was LSD. Well, it was, LSD. It was, when, was they, it? when they yeah, first was, started to experiment was, with LSD, yeah, which was, was actually called. created at McGill College in Montreal. Montreal, yeah. Right, right, right. Something. I can't remember the exact name, but I want to remember it now. But it was, it was LSD. It was a version of it. But I've always thought that. And I never knew. I've always wondered. And I've mm. never gone done more research. But I've always wondered, like, what kind of, how deep can you go? <laughs> how deep can you go? I mean, if you take enough of anything, you can go deep enough. But I've always just wondered, if you're high, like, if you have just more of a sense of realness, do you go deeper? If you have a sense of, like, if your imagination is crazy, and you don't have a sense of reality, like, do you go even deeper? I don't know. I think that's... These are questions that concern us today. <laughs> Bro, this is the shit I think about, you know? Shit that makes my mind tickle. I say, mm. hmm, interesting. But I like I like thinking exercises, so that's what it is. Here's, here's a phrase for you. Ideological subversion. Hmm? Ideological subversion. The subversion of ideas. Subversion is the undermining... Or the detachment of loyalties <laughs> of significant political or social groups within the victimized state. 
and the transference Mm -hmm. under ideal conditions to the symbols and the institutions of the aggressor. So we start to align ourselves sometimes. Well, there was, let me, I know that there was a lot of goddamn words and that was a little confusing. That was good though. There was, there was a book. It was called What's Wrong with Kansas? Have you ever heard that book? The book yeah. is, is about how we a lot of times vote in opposition to the things that would serve us the best. Oh, yeah. I didn't know. Yes, I did. I've, I've read just like case studies on like particulars of that, but I didn't know it was an actual book where it all derived from. Like, I mean, I'm sure it's been from other things, but, but yes, it's, it's odd. It's very, it's very odd, but what I know you're going to, why is that curious G? Why is that? Well, I think that I think in our schools, a lot of times, um, we've had ideological subversion. Um, and I mentioned this before about how we're, we're taught for 12 years to become workers, but we're never taught how to protect ourselves as workers through the laws that we have. We never think about things like, oh, I could maybe go out and join a union after school yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. just the military or, you know, whatever else. Um, but there's, the, you mentioned libraries earlier and I kind of poo-pooed it, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think it was a Rage Against the Machine lyric, right? Um, We don't got to burn the books. We just remove them, right? Yeah. You go to the library. It's a mind cemetery now, right? It's a mind cemetery. Why? Because a lot of those books have been removed. Um, President Kennedy said that the public library should be open to all, to every American except for the censor. Right. We need more books written from more authors that challenge more ideas. Right. We we need that. We need people to have different ideas. But a lot of times those things aren't an option, just like our debates. (laughs) We get we get two choices. Right. These are your choices. I just realized why I like conspiracy theories so much, because I'm not supposed to know. Ideological subversion. When When you go into the voting booth, have our ideas been subverted? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Fuck, it's the definition of, bro. Fuck yeah. Now, when it goes to school, I think, and this is probably crazy, I think we need to get rid of grades. Yeah. It doesn't do anything but put, it's it's a, I don't, the one thing I never liked about grading systems, and my brother's a really good example. People used to say my brother was not smart. And I was just like, well, no, he's just not that good at school. That doesn't mean you're not smart. Like it used to piss me off because I was like, I, I'm with this dude every day. Kid's a fucking genius. Mm. What are you talking about? You guys were trying to make him cut right-handed scissors and he's left-handed. Exactly. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? You're trying to, so just because he doesn't fit your format. Like, yo, and that's why, and that's why I've been so like adamant, like fuck the system. Fuck people that are going to tell me I can't do something. Fuck this because I, and I am, I, I'm lucky. Like, I, I just, I don't know how, I was blessed or however you want to say it. Like, my stars align. Like, I was dealt a shitty hand. But in reality, I had a, you know, a wild card in my hand, though, with a good mother. You know, like, yeah, yeah. But it just happenstance. It's like reading, knowledge, power, being curious, being those things. Like, those were my wild card. And in a sense, it benefited me later on. Like, not everyone has that. You know, like we talk, like people are all blessed because everyone is a genius in their own right. But when it comes to like school, it's like, oh, you have a really good memory. So you're really good at school. Don't mean shit. 
You can just remember stuff, but how are you going to put it into practice? You know, so I, it's just, it is, it's, it's really, it's really frustrating to see that shit because it's, grades don't represent, it's just like you're saying, degrees don't make you smart, mm. you know, but for, and this is what I, I've, I've said this to people about lawyers, like the best one example, it's like getting your law degree is just your interest into the courtroom, you know, unless you commit a crime, then you can represent yeah. yourself. Like then, then it's okay. But it's just, it's like. Not to say like it's not a good thing. Like you should have a good sense of the law if you're going to try to be a lawyer. You know, you shouldn't just freestyle. Same thing. You should probably get your medical degree if you're going to go do some operation. Like there are obviously some kind of tense. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, it's like, bro, you don't got to go to school. You know, especially nowadays, that's like the new thing. And that's the shitty thing about, for me, about like influencers. That name for like kids, they're not influence anything but negative. <laughs> like not everyone's like you, dog. Like. Charis, like being charismatic, it's like, that's a gift. Hmm. It's a, you know, you, whatever you want to believe in, I'm just going to say God given universe, given your genetic line, given like, it's the same thing with like beauty. It's like, bro, these things are just happen to give to you or people that have, can critically think or like Kobe's, Kobe's work ethic. You know, it's like that shit was just in your body. Find the shit that's right for you and maximize that for yourself. Your boy's preaching over here today. I'm always preaching though. It's like, that's what I do. They should call me Pastor, Pastor Cannon, PC, baby. But you know, most people I say to them that we need to get rid of grades. Most people are like, oh no. You know, like that, that, that doesn't ever get a very good response. You were surprised me actually. But here, here's the thing. You know, I mentioned those four, four students mm -hmm. and how only one of those will continue to higher education and graduate. And it's because the, the two that go to college one of them will drop out because they weren't prepared for college. And grades was the thing that said, oh, they can graduate, Yeah, right? That's supposed to reflect what you've actually learned. But when they're going to college and they're taking that placement test, guess what? That test says those motherfuckers didn't learn shit. In fact, they're about a ninth grade reading level. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right, so our, our grades are not an honest and true reflection of what we've learned, especially if they turn around and give the grades to the student like yeah. they did my daughter so that they would be able to keep getting their budget. Yeah. Right? So grades are not an honest reflection of, mm -mm. of what we have, right? In fact, in a sense, it's a, it's a kind of like capitalism, Right. Yeah. Everybody's competing for that. A, mm -hmm. not everybody's going to get it. Yeah. Right. And, and now when you're trying to go to college, boy, you better have some good grades and you better be part of some extracurricular activities and you better be this and you better be that. And God damn, how many kids are doing all this stuff? You yeah, know, a small percentage. Yeah. Usually the ones that have parents that are making some decent money. Yeah. Cause you're able to, you're able to do those things. Yeah. You're able to. And, you know, you're able to pay for those extra things. So it's not a level playing field. No, not at all. Now, the thing is you get rid of them, them grades, right? And because that's really the value that's attached to our education right now, right? Um, let's say, let's say they went to school for 12 years, right? You want to go get a fucking job? Most of those jobs after high school, they're going to train you that day. You know, here you're working at Subway. This is how to make a sandwich. You don't have anything that you need a college education for. But let's say you wanted to go to college. Take a placement test. It's going to tell you where you are. 
That's what they do anyway. They give you a placement test. Yeah. Having straight A's from high school doesn't mean shit if you can't pass that tra- placement test. True right? that. So that's, that, that's the test that matters. Mm-hmm. You want to get to something besides a subway job? Go on to college, right? Take your placement test. See where you are, right? That's the test. We don't need to take a million tests through school. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it is. I've been... Yeah, it was just very, it's capitalism. It's funny. Capitalism. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny because it is, it's, it's never a true representation of what you really are. So money is a representation of the power that we hold, right? The, the money that I make on my paycheck is a representation of the power that I have to be able to produce. You know, if I can't, if I don't have skills, my, my power is a lot lessened, right? Yeah. My value, my value. But if we're turning out a nation of kids that are being born into poverty with no chance to get out, does that make a stronger country or a weaker country? Weak. Yeah. What are we doing? We don't know. (laughs) Nah, it is. You know what I wish as far as education? I wish the only thing that our government actually got to touch when it came to our education is a bill. Here's the cost. <laughs> Here you go. Pay for this shit. Yeah, you've, men- you've mentioned that Pay a for this. times. I just don't want them mixed up with our <laughs> curriculum anymore. Yeah. They said <sighs> the curriculum, brother. Oh, I know. That's why. <laughs> yeah, man, I look, I'm just having so many flashbacks. They ain't got to burn the books. They just remove them. Dude, I, it's amazing that like my mom, what she did, like it just, the more I look back on it now and she was young. I mean, I don't even think she had this master plan in her head. I mean, if she did, I mean, I always thought my mom was being brilliant, but if she did, good God, that woman's a real, real genius because she would, she made it a, made it a point to, you know, like I say, made it a point to make me want more, more from everything, more from myself, more from school, more from this. And I don't know if that was her plan, but it's even now, bro, I'm obsessed with knowledge like, and I, you know, we've talked, like, I'm obsessed. Mescaline. It just hit me. I knew it was going to come around. That's what he was taking in the book, which was LSD. LSD but, yeah, but I was yeah, like, there's yeah. a word. It's mescaline. Sorry. That was, I had to, bro. I was going to be thinking yeah. about that for like two hours. You know where that but, stuff came from? Um, a lab. MK Ultra. I was going to say my favorite. You yes. know what MK Ultra was? Oh yeah, baby. LSD. We're going to keep that much. We can pump it into you. It was a study on mind control. Mind control. Yep. Oh, that's, this is, this is right of mine. Ooh. This is what I'm saying. But I want to. I want to have one of these where we just talk about some of the crazy things the government has done. That would be a fun one to talk about because there's some crazy well, shit they've done. Motherfuckers coming up next week. That's my favorite. That's my favorite because it's me, well dressed, got game like I'm Wayne Rooney. So let's Shout let's out, get United. ready to close this thing up. But let me let me go on to the four distinct stages of ideological subversion. Preach it. Stage one demoralization <laughs> how's our morals in this country are we doing good Mm-mm. destabilization shit i'm falling it seems kind of like our economic system is kind of destabilized <laughs> no, stop. it seems like our, our our election days have been fucking destabilized it seems <laughs> wow, like wow. our debates are kind of i mean are we in destabilization nah the third the third <laughs> the third phase is crisis 
Have we been in crisis since the start of COVID? We've been in crisis since not, since nine eleven, dog. It's always been some shit coming up. Keep mm. us unbalanced. And the fourth is normalization. Mm, we're supposed to feel this way. Normalization. Mm. The process of normalization is a slow and indefinitely timed exercise of desensitizing and conditioning a society that has been demoralized. That's the, that's the, uh, take three, give one, take three, give one, take three, give one. They want to destabilize. Yeah. And in a rising crisis, set up new leadership into power. Now, the reason why that, that kind of stands out to me, this is a conspiracy you can check out. Yuri from the KGB defected back in the 80s. He's still on YouTube. Bring up Yuri. Dude. Y-U-R-I. Oh, I, I, right? I, KGB. <laughs> he gives a talk and he warns America Dude. about this stuff. Right? Dude, what? And he lays oh out gosh. a plan of action that his government, coming from Russia, was setting in motion. Right? Back in the 80s, he's talking about this. Now, you listen to that talk now? Like the stuff that was coming in the future sounded crazy. Like I can look back in the history and go, oh shit, that happened. Oh, wait, that happened. Oh, wait a minute. Here we are. Dude, it's a scary thing. It's yeah, a bro. scary thing. You want to know what's so crazy that the fact that you just said that is I was talking about that with my boss recently <laughs> about the whole conversation. Mm. That's so crazy. Dude, that's the, this is where I love the world and the universe. Where I'm just like, we were just talking about that shit, probably right before the new year. Because <laughs> we I was like, what, you don't know Yuri? And he was like, what do you mean? I go, you don't know Yuri? And he was like, you don't know Yuri. You don't know Yuri. And uh, it was just funny because we were just, we were talking about that. And then we started talking about it in the office and then people were watching it. And they were just like, holy shit, man. And I was like, it's all happening in real time, my friends. It's all happening. There's two tactics that take place in psychological warfare in order to change the perception of reality. Tactic one is use entertainment as distraction. Hmm? Use entertainment <laughs> as distraction. You know, get off work, come home, watch a bunch of goddamn TV. Man, you check out Wednesday? Mm. <laughs> that's, that's, that's number one. Yeah. Right? We don't have a lot of new ideas coming out in entertainment. No, we like bro. the safe ones, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and the, the, the second thing is repetition. And this includes news media where they repeat ideas and repeat ideas and yeah. repeat ideas. And all of a sudden it sounds like it's in my own head. Well, it's the it's same my idea. It's the same thing about lies. You tell yourself enough lies, you start believing them. Goddamn right. Shit's just, just true. Mm. I've done it. <laughs> I'm six, seven, baby. And I think, like I said, money is power. I think it's to remove the power from the people. Yeah. Everything is, bro. They don't want you to rise up, take your shirt off and spin it around your head like a helicopter. Nah. So everything in this country, and we've been talking about value for a while, seems to be getting devalued. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Well, you know what we need? each other. Mm. You know when you know when labor uh unions had their biggest period of growth in history? The 70s. 
Nope. 60s. No, they were in 20. decline since the 50s. They were in decline 30. since the 50s. Ten. You can keep guessing. You can be able to get it right eventually. Yeah. And you already got it right because you said 30s. Yes. Um, it was during the Great Depression. Yeah. It was during sense. the Great Depression. And the reason why the unions had their biggest growth spurt at that time. Because we needed each other. Because people couldn't find work that would actually mm. pay them. They mm. would go and work and then they wouldn't get money from anybody. People mm. were taking advantage of them. So it was actually when people came together and protected each other that unions had their biggest growth. Take your hands out of my pocket, boy. But anyways, the whole point, I think, is connection. We need each other. You know, and this is one of the things about everything that I've done. And believe me, I've spent some money making the music that I make and the podcasts and all this stuff. And I haven't asked for a lot of fucking money in return. I'm actually taking steps of faith. Mm. I'm taking steps of faith that, that somewhere along the line, people might realize that we need each other and we need to build each other up a little bit differently than before. More and that, so, please. And that's why I'm hoping at some point that we will actually be able to be self-sustaining on this show economically. Right now, we're not. <laughs> right now, there's some cost attached to this thing. Um, and, and I feel pretty good about what I give because I'm hoping that it makes a difference. And art shouldn't have a price on it. Mm. The art that you get on TV, there's a price attached to that. I paid my subscription. No, no, that ain't the price. I'm just fucking with you, man. We're, we're the product. It's our attention that's being sold. Facts. I go read a book, just like I said last time. Well, we've probably extended ourselves a little bit too much here. I know my motherfucker over there is hungry. I am. I'm trying to eat. Pay me. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing more. You had a good episode, man. That was good. All right, so we are going to be out of here for this week. We appreciate you sticking with us through this first album. And it is drawing to a close in Headspace. This is the shit that I got in my head, taking up my Headspace. And now maybe it's taking up a little bit of yours. But don't worry, we've got a direction. Mm-hmm. This is Curious G. It's your boy Ace Cannon. We out. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Standing on the streets with these words like a knife. Money makes a price out of everyone's life. Standing on these streets with these words like a knife. So, Sean, money, huh? Yeah, you know, money is uh, probably some of the oldest lyrics I have, actually. That was... Yeah? Yeah, that was probably the first time I ever wrote a hip-hop lyric um, was this song. You know, really? Yeah. Yeah. Years and years ago. I mean, uh, I really, I mean, I wrote stuff like in high school for other people, but I mean, for mm -hmm. something that I actually wanted to perform, this was it. And I want to say it was in the end of 1999 and I didn't know what to do with it at the time. Wow. I never even thought about going into hip hop. You know what I mean? Like it never even occurred. Wow. To me. You were, you wrote this in 99, bro? Yeah, I was listening wow. to Things Fall Apart by The Roots. Like, that changed my life when it came to music. Great album. You know, it was that album. Um, when my daughter was um, getting ready to be born, I had bought that album. And when she was born, I didn't buy a lot of music for a little while. And that was probably mm -hmm. one of the, my favorite albums out of everything that I had bought that year. You know, I'd got a bunch of music and... Um, that kind of rose to the top, you know, and uh, I ended up writing this, you know, song, the lyrics off of it um, after listening to that album, actually. Mm, 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 mm. 
But, now, but we went with a more produced sound, right? Like the, that album. <laughs> right. For sure. For sure. Definitely definitely more in the studio in the box sound. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then Questlove on the ones and twos, dude playing all the drum licks oh, and everything. Oh, yeah, well, we yeah. ain't got one of them dudes just laying around. I mean, if we had one. Yeah, no, 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 no. If we no, had one of no, those dudes no. just on the drums like that, like that, dude. Oh, my. What, what, oh, my. We wouldn't need to do a beat. We'd just have to do the accompaniment. Yeah, right? I'd literally be like, dude, make drum breaks all day, and I'll make beats around them, and he'll provide the lyrics. Now, I don't know if people <laughs> that are listening have ever heard of The Roots, have listened to The Roots, but The Roots is somebody that you should know. These people are making music like like this is some real from the heart type music, right? Black like, Thought, Bl Black Thought, the lead MC of The Roots, is in my top five best MCs I've ever heard. He's one of my favorite rappers. Um, and not a lot of people know about him at all, but dude, look up Black Thought. Get him in a cypher, Sean. He serves it every time. Man, I saw him a few months ago in concert. And I tell you, when I saw that show, I knew what I had to do after watching him. How were they live, by the way? Um, Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, when you see the entire band up there playing, like with mm -hmm, all the brass mm -hmm. instruments and all of that, just going mm -hmm. at it, the guitar and all that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they thump. And uh, yeah, Black Thought, <laughs> Black Thought on the mic, uh, he he showed me exactly what I had to do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I said, okay, 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 because he's the best I've ever seen. Now I got to work harder. You know what I'm saying? Like I gotta, I gotta get close. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, that's my goal is just to go towards that. What I saw here, here, yeah, here at Truth to Power, we love the roots. So we just went on a tangent about the oh, roots yeah. rather than talking well, about money. Well, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for him, uh, I wouldn't be even considering doing this. You know, Rage Against the Machine probably really kind of brought me into hip hop early on. Um, them and right. Sublime. You know, like I wasn't right. thinking about that. I was into the rock stuff, man. And, um, you know, later on, my my first wife, uh, my the mother of my daughter, she uh, was a big hip hop fan. So that was when I really got yeah. into hip hop heavy. Um, and I had friends, you know, that would bang hip hop and stuff like that. So it's not like I didn't know anything, you know what I mean? Right. Um, but I wasn't the one over there selecting the music like that. You know, I just, right, I right. just didn't get the exposure and the right circumstances and just didn't get it, man. I just did not get it. Um, and, and you say that things fall apart album inspired you to write this record in 99. Oh, well, was that the first, like th this thing oh, no, here, go ahead, go ahead. this thing here. Yeah. For the style, the way that I, I tried to spit it, I guess, you know what I mean? Yes. Like I just thought of them, but it was like a mix between them and rage against the machine. Cause I, I definitely went Got harder it. and more aggressive, you know? Got it. What was things fall apart the first like hip-hop album that you heard that was like hey i want to i want to dabble in this genre rather than because i know you're an accomplished oh no guitar no no i wasn't thinking that at all not at all really i just dug really? what they did yeah i just dug what they did um mm. no i still wanted to do the rock and roll songs man i wrote a lot of rock and roll songs i mean i have just a ton and some of them were really right. really good but um i'm not a singer you know what i mean like that's right. just not where i live and uh, I've worked with some really talented singers and we've done well with the things that we've done, but um, this is different. You know, with, with me on a microphone, I can actually get my words out um, and I don't have to right. re rely.
on having to stay in key and hit notes that we can't and all that. Well, stuff. I don't have no, I don't yeah. have to rely on on somebody else. You know what I mean? Like as far as well, a singer. Right. You know what I mean? Like I've always wanted to be able to get out the songs that I have. And um, I've worked with a couple of talented singers, but, uh, you know, really I need somebody that's constant and <laughs> reliable and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, look, look at you, man. Like you are a absolute stud when it comes to doing what you do. You know what I mean? You, you work man. hard. And Thank I you. feel like I could work harder because of the way you work. You know what I mean? Thank um, you. But not everybody has the work ethic like that. I mean, <laughs> look, no. at, look at all the we, tracks we found, we've done. You, you and me figured it out early on. I'm like, man, this dude works hard. It makes me work hard. Like, I'm always in the studio. I'm always creating. I'm always mixing for people. I'm always producing for people. But you were the first client um, that I ever had where you you are just all systems go all the time, always working, always writing, always coming up with new ideas, always coming up with new flow patterns always thinking of ways we can raise the bar in terms of genre defying tracks. You know what I mean? Can we mix a little eighties in this? Can we do a little like funk? Can we be boom bap? Let's, how do we put all this shit together? You, you are by far the hardest working client I've, <laughs> I've ever had. And it's made me adjust how I work. You know what I mean? Because we've, I think we figured out early on when we started working that, Hey, this dude's really about it. Cause I mean, in, in the, in the underground, especially in the, the hip hop world, as I've found over the years, um, a lot of people tend to like act like they're working, you know what I mean? But they made one or two songs. No one's really like working as hard as they say they do. You know what I mean, Sean? Right. Oh. Like, and it's like, yeah, I feel we're that. really fucking working, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we are working. You know, I was talking to Anthony actually after we recorded one of our episodes and he really mm -hmm. digs what we're doing as do I. And I think you do. Yeah. Um, but yeah. he asked if it was sustainable to write a song a week. And what I was thinking is when, when, when me and you were really kind of going at it aggressively, we were doing a song every five days and that's the majority yeah. of what we've put out this year. You know, because yeah. we say that we started in last October, but truth is we took a lot of time off. So we've, no, we've only been facts. working about half of a year and yeah. imagine what we could do if I wasn't working full time. I, you know, what's weird. Like <laughs> when he asks, is that sustainable? When he goes, is that sustainable to a certain extent? Um, to some people, maybe not, but the way you write and the way I, I mean, shit, dude, are we ever going to hit a wall? I don't know, because at this rate, Sean, if you weren't working, I feel like we could do two songs a week, as crazy as that sounds, with the, the process we have down and the way we get so creative with it and bounce ideas off each other. Shit, it might be possible. So, yes, I think I think it is sustainable, not for everyone, but with with your artistry and writing abilities, it definitely is, Sean. So, you know so I mean? here's it the is. thing. I, I oil paint, right? And, you know, the funny right. thing about oil painting— there's no eraser on that motherfucker. No. You're moving forward. No. You're pushing the paint, the color right through that canvas. You know what I mean? Right. And, and some of those right. canvases end up being better than others, like the, the artwork that you make, just like some songs really rise to the top. You know what I mean? Right. But you've got to do a lot of paintings to get to those. You know, and I don't really get caught up in accolades, you know, like in that... Uh, song voodoo i said accolades build graves i believe that we stand around right. too long patting ourselves on the back for what we did and we're going to lose focus on what we're doing 
But what we're doing um, is about the music, but really the music is just a, uh, a path to kind of connect people. Um, I don't really care if right. they connect through my music alone. I want other artists to be a part of this, you know, but I feel right. that bringing people together is what art should do. And in the world that we live in, as populated as we are, as disconnected as people are, we need a little connection, a little human in our day. Hmm. Hmm. Now this record money, um, l tell the audience a little bit, like not, they know what, what inspired it. Um, tell them like, I don't know, some of some, what, what it's, what it's about. What does it mean to you? Uh, what is this record in particular? Well, so here's the thing. Let's just say when I was younger, I was a party guy. And at the time mm -hmm. I had taken a bunch of mushrooms and I went on a little bit of a meditative state. Now, I don't know if you know what a shaman is. Right. But I thought of myself yes, as of having a shamanic experience. Um, and the difference okay. between a priest and a shaman is this priests, they love attention. They love to stand up on the stage and they love to wear their adornment, you know what I mean? And talk loud with a big yeah. voice. The shaman, everybody else would go out and hunt and they spent time alone. Alone was mm. usually where they found their truth. They didn't find it with a bunch of people around because a bunch of people are going to mm. reflect back to you an idea of yourself that is often false. And if you're believing mm. it for any kind of reason, you can get lost in that. So the shaman mm. likes to spend his time alone. And I had actually had mm. somewhat of a spiritual time taking some mushrooms, the psilocybic mushroom, magic mushrooms. And this was back mm -hmm. when I was young, you know what I mean? And um, the time that I I'd smoked weed and all that kind of stuff, right? And I had this epiphany about money, that money as an image it's built off the idea of separation. Shows what you own, my money shows what I own. But out of separation comes opposition. Out of opposition comes war, you know? And money makes a price out of everyone's life is the line, right? And the, mm. and the price that I'm saying is something that we all pay to get the money we have, to get the power we mm. have, right? And what is it that we do? Do we like who we are? Do we accept the things that we're doing? Should we accept the things that we're doing for the money we get, you know? So money, uh, this song, it talks about how much is divided in this country and with people when it comes to money. You know, that's one of the prices to get it. Some people are very much alone. This is what you call short and sweet. So here's the thing. You want to learn about some inequality? Type this into YouTube. Inequality monkey experiment with grapes. I'm not going to ruin it by explaining what you're going to see. In fact, if I didn't explain it, this would be the shortest segment ever. And it, it will still be funny to watch it even after I explain it. This is what they did. They gave two monkeys a treat every time that they did a task. The task was they needed to hand over a rock. And then they would get paid. That's the job. Hand over a rock. Well, every time that one monkey handed over a rock, he would receive a grape. While the other monkey in the transparent box next to him got a cucumber. Sure, at first Cucumber Monkey was satisfied with his treat until 
He saw Grape Ape to his left get the better deal. The inequality had been obvious in the mind of a monkey eating a cucumber. Grape Monkey continued to work, giving a rock to the holder of the unequal pay and distributor of inequality. Cucumber Monkey, he gets apeshit crazy. He refuses to work. Cucumber Monkey tossed his rock against the glass. Monkey said to himself, I'm not playing your game of Monopoly. Not life, not battleship, not tic-tac-toe. Monkey said, How about we play a game called Clue? Guess who ain't giving you no more rocks? Take a clue and suck a monkey dick. Look, are we smarter than a monkey with a meaningless rock working for grapes? Well, thank you for joining us this week on Truth to Power and sticking through the course of topics for our first album, Headspace. Next week, we're going to be getting into a new album, Storm of Clouds and Smoke. And this music here is going to just step on the neck and not let up, pretty much. This is where we get thumping. That first album, as good as it was to me, um, I was just figuring out how to do this thing. By the second album, we are rolling. Thanks for joining us, and I hope to... Be with you again next week. Money, money.